So, it was on my heart today, and I was just thinking about this and thinking through this. And the question came to mind, how great is the Father's love for us? And that, of course, spurred a lot of thoughts of, you know, how great really is it? You know, how far did God go in loving us? And we know very clearly that he went to the furthest lengths to love us. I just want to note here, in no way is this teaching tonight intended to be an exhaustive study on this concept of God's love. This is only an idea for you to consider with your Heavenly Father. He wants you to understand His love for you, saints. He wants to bring light to you regarding the greatness of His love because He knows in the day that you understand His love, and by the way, it's progressive, it, it seemingly never ends, you will see the greatness of the gift that He has given you. God's love is extensive. God's love went so far in that He loved you and I when we were unworthy. We didn't deserve His love when He gave it to us. So therefore, if He loved us at the point that we were unworthy, now that we are worthy, now that He has made us to be in the image of His Son, how great is His love now? So to start off, go to Romans chapter 5. And there's this great verse in Romans 5 that just clearly shows us how great God's love is. It says in verse 8, But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God's love was demonstrated, made clear to us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. You know, to consider that, you know, consider what that word sinner means. Uh, what the Webster's Dictionary says is it's one that has voluntarily violated the divine law, i.e. God's law, God's standard. It is in contradiction to a saint. It is one who, it's denoting unregenerate person, one who remains at enmity with God, an offender, a criminal. While we were an offender, while we were contrary to God's ways, voluntarily contrary to God's ways, God demonstrated His love toward you and I. In the context here, we might as well read a couple other verses. Read verse 6 with me. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. And in verse 10, For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. So there are three main points here, actually four with that word ungodly, that really paint a clear picture of how great the Father's love is for us and was for us. We looked at that we were sinners, literally wicked, contrary to God's ways, it also says here in verse 6 that we were helpless. We were unable to get out of the problem. We were unable to get ourselves out of the problem. And then it also says in verse 6 that we were ungodly. 
That word ungodly means that we had no reverence for God. We were in a great in a terrible way. And then in verse 10 it says we were enemies, literally adverse, adversarial, hostile, opposing, at enmity to God. Saints, that root word of enemy was to hate. So God's love was commended toward us in that we were enemies with God. We were helpless. How great the Father's love is for us? It is so great that it took the worst of the worst and made them his beloved ones. Hmm. Wow. We're here in chapter 5. Go to chapter 3. This is where we were when God commended his love toward us. Chapter 3, verse 10. It says, There is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. Hmm. Verse 18, there is none who fears God. There is no fear of God before their eyes. You know, and you can read the rest of that section. But essentially, we were, what Ephesians says, dead in trespasses and sins. We were not on God's side, and that's when God came to love us. You know, let's look at that in Ephesians chapter 2. The Father's love is so great... That he looked past our being at odds with him to send his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you and me. That's how great the Father's love was. We'll start here in verse 1 of chapter 2, Ephesians 2, 1. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, great love, great love with which he loved us. He had great love in that he saw our state of being in enmity with him, being dead in trespasses and sins. Isaiah says that our sins separated us from God. So there was separation between us and God. And at that point, our lowest point at being at odds with God, sinners, contrary to God's ways, willfully, voluntarily, that's when his great love came through and what did it do? Verse 5. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, by grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with him. And he seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ. So at, that, at our lowest point, he took us to the highest point. In the context, and you can read it, chapter 1 says that that Jesus Christ's seating is above everything, above all principality and power, above every name that is named. And you know what, saints? He took us from the lowest of lowest, separated from Him. No connection. Later on it says, without God and without hope. And He took us from that state, and He put us in the state of Jesus Christ. How great is the Father's love? It is so great that it can take something from nothing and make it everything. 
How great is God's love is that when we were in our worst state, He had His Son die for us. Hmm. Wow. That is so tremendous. God's love is great. Hmm. Wow. Let me read you a few verses in light of that. You know, just to make it clear, because it says in verse 5, by grace, it is never... It wasn't before, and it is not now, ever by our works. It is never by anything we do. It is always by God's love through Jesus Christ. You know, let me read you a few verses here. In Isaiah 40, verse 17, it says, All the nations are as nothing before him. They are counted by him as less than nothing, and fade as a leaf. Or less than nothing and vanity. So, basically, all of our works, all of our efforts are as nothing to God. And let me just make it a note here, all of our works apart from Christ. You know, everything that is built on Christ and what He did for us, those works are useful for God. But all of our works apart from Christ are nothing to God. You know, the, the, the significance of that, saints, is that He didn't need our works before. He didn't need our love. He didn't need us to love Him for him, for his impetus to love us. Basically, his impetus, his desire to love us was not based on anything we would ever do for him, past, present, or future. His impetus to love us was simply that God is love. God is love. Here's another one. Uh, in Isaiah 64, 6, it says, But we are all as unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. All of our righteous deeds are as filthy rags to God. He doesn't need our work. He, need, he wants us to accept His love. He wants us to accept His great love for us, because He knows in the day that we accept His love, then we will see how far delivered we are from sin. Because that's what his love did. His love delivered us from sin. His love took us from the pit and put us in the heavenlies. His love took us from being sinners into being saints. His love took us from being separated from God into being one with God. So he wants us to accept his love. Because he knows in the day that we accept his love, the day that we realize that he does love us, that's the day that we no longer subject ourselves to being separated from him, no longer subject ourselves to sin and its consequences, because he knows how great his love is for us. Hmm. Wow. His love is so tremendous. Go to 1 John. Remember, his love came when we were sinners. First John chapter four. This is God's love in action, saints. This verse here, chapter four, verse ten. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Literally, to be the appeasement for sins. No longer needing any payment. That's God's love in action. That Not that we loved Him, but that He loved us. He recognizes that our love for Him is going to be purely based on us realizing His love for, 
for us. He loved us in that while we were sinners, he sent his son to be the propitiation, the full payment, the appeasement to him for sin. So he no longer needs any sacrifice for sin. His love is so great that in that, in that time of need, his love is there. We're here in the context, we might as well read it. Verse 8. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. That's his nature. And his nature to love was imparted to us through Jesus Christ's sacrifice. In verse 16. We have come to know and believe the love which God has for us. God is love. God is love. That's his nature. You know, as his nature is, he has imparted his love to us. And he commended it to us. He demonstrated it to us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God has taken all of his love and he's poured it out to us. Now we are called the beloved of God. All of God's love toward you. And not based on anything you do, but purely based on his love for you. And his love was manifested to you and I through Jesus Christ. In light of that, go to Romans chapter 8. You know, consider that, that God loves. That's his nature. That's what he wants. And he wants us to realize the greatness of his love. Hmm. Romans chapter 8. Wow. In light of this, knowing that God loves and that God loved and that God showed us his love through Jesus Christ, where does that place us now? What good is that for you and me? Well, look at these verses here in Romans 8. Verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together. All things work together. All things work together for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. And look at this. Verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, God is for us. If God was not for us, he would not have shown us his love in that while we were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. It is very clear that God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe on him should have everlasting life. Eternal life. Life of the ages. God's love is so clear that he is for us. He is on our side. He will never leave us or forsake us. It's very clear from God's love. God loves us, saints. And if God is for us, who could be against us? Who can, who can come up against us? Verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also freely give us all things? Saints, what is he going to withhold from you and I? If he showed us how great his love was when we were unworthy, now that we are worthy of his love because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice... Now that we have been made the righteousness of God, now that we have been made his sons, members of his household, citizens of his kingdom, what is he going to withhold from his beloved ones? 
The answer is nothing. The answer is nothing. He is not going to withhold any good thing from you and I. Why? Because he loves us. He loved us when we were in our worst state. Now that we are in our greatest state, seated at his right hand, in his household, one with him, he is not going to withhold any good thing from us. He takes care of his own. He takes care of his sons, his children. He loves his children. And he wants to show us his love. You know, I was considering this today, and as I was sitting at uh, my local coffee shop, my Starbucks, (laughs) I was looking out the window considering some things, and I was considering this thought about love. And I I saw many men uh, who were just seemingly unaware of God's love. And there are those also that outwardly reject God's love for them. I've seen it, and I've heard about it. You know, and I was considering, even if we don't serve God, even if we don't desire God, even if we don't seek God's way, you know what, saints? He still loves us. He doesn't need our seeking and serving Him for Him to love us. His love is unconditional. His love is for us, even if we are not for Him. That's why he said in 1 John that not that we loved him, but that he loved us and gave his only begotten, uh, that he gave his son as a propitiation for our sins. It's not that we loved God. It's that he loved us. The issue is not us loving God and serving God. The issue is God loving us and God's love serving us. God's love taking care of us. You know, I saw these people, these men walking around and even though they didn't know that God loves them, that God desired their life so much that he would give his only begotten son for them, even though that God wants to take care of them and show their, his love for them, again, God still loves them. You know, God's love is so great that it loves all. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. God's love is so great that there are no bounds to God's love. We saw that in Romans 8. What good thing would he withhold from them whom he loves? I asked the question again of God, and, and how great is your love, Father? And I ask that because even the scriptures that I read, that I've shared with you tonight, don't communicate how great God's love is. Because I haven't seen the depths of God's de- of my deliverance from sin. I haven't seen the depths of my deliverance from darkness and from the power of Satan. So therefore I haven't seen the depths of God's love, God's love. Cuz remember God's love sent his son Jesus Christ to die for you and I. So when I see the depths of my freedom from sin, no longer subject to what Adam passed to you and I. I'm no longer subject to that sin nature that God that uh, Adam passed to you and I. I'm no longer subject to the darkness that is in this world. Yet I don't see it, so I don't see the fullness of God's love for me. Yet, I know that God wants to communicate that to me. I know that God wants us, all of His people, to see the fullness of His love. He doesn't want us lacking in any way. So therefore, He sent us the gospel because He knows the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel being the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel being His message of Jesus Christ 
work in our behalf. Remember in Ephesians chapter 2, we were reading about, uh, you know, that uh, God commended his, uh, how great the Father is, how the great the Father's love is for us, and that while we were in this state of being dead in trespasses and sins, he raised us from the dead and seated us at God's right hand. Uh, he did this to show us his great love. So his love is Jesus Christ's sacrifice in our behalf. And he wants, and he is desirous, and he will show you and I the fullness of his love. Because that's God's part. Our part is to accept it. He's going to show it to us. He's going to continue to pursue us. Because that's what a father's love does. Is it pursues you and I. God is the, God is the, uh, the beginner, if you will. He's the starter. He's the one that starts. He's the one that, you know, that saved us. His work was done way before we ever believed. It's not our believing that starts this. It's not us that starts this. It's our believing that fully, uh, that it's our believing in it that, ex that, that allows God's love to work through us. But God's love is there regardless of our believing. God's love is always there. It's, you know, let's read this verse. We all know this. We've all read this. Chapter eight or chapter thirteen of First Corinthians, verse eight. Love never fails. Love is just what it is. Love is Jesus Christ's sacrifice in our behalf. Verse thirteen. But now faith, love, hope, and love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. Why? Because God's love showed all of mankind. Sinner enemy and helpless and ungodly mankind. God's love showed all of us that we are saved from that state. And God's love was so great that he not only made us saints, but he made us saints seated at God's right hand. He made us one with him. He took everything that was contrary to us and he took it out of the way and he put it on our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2 and read that verse again. He made the worst of the worst the best of the best. And he already did it. Because Jesus Christ's sacrifice is complete. It's already done. It's finished. So therefore, we are no longer the worst of the worst. Now we are the best of the best. Those that have believed on the Christ. Let's read that verse again. Verse 4 of chapter 2. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. So in our lowest of states, he made us alive together with Christ. So God's love is great. It is tremendous. It is wonderful. It is complete because Jesus Christ's work is complete. So in light of that, there's this great poem that I wanted to read to you. Uh, it's called How Deep the Father's Love. It's by Stuart Townsend. Here it is. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son and make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the Father turns his face away, as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulder. Ashamed, I hear my vo mocking voice call out among the scoffers. 
It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart, his wounds have paid my ransom. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, name above name, Lord of Lord and King of Kings, I pray in His name that this love that you have for us, that we can realize it. Because I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that this love is great because you have said it's great in your wonderful word. And I know that you want to show us this. So this is my prayer, Father, for all of your people, all of us, Father, that we would realize the greatness of your love for us. For us as individuals and as us as a body, Father, that you called all of us. You called all of us to a great calling, a mighty calling, a high calling, and an everlasting calling. And I thank you that you have called us to this through your great and mighty love for us in Christ. Amen.